1: everyone this is the go along podcast at hamburg brewing company in western new york i'm tyler dunn here with jim Monis, and we're joined right out of the shoot, jim by our friend your friend number one in your program doug whaley doug how's everything going down there in pittsburgh
2: salute fellas it's been a while
1: everything's here. going
2: great mm-hmm.
3: what are you guys tonight like, doug what are you is that a local uh
2: yeah, I got a little hazy IPA, uh, Subtle Dance Moves is what they call it, from Acclamation Brewery here in Pittsburgh, PA, a uh, nice place that always has great food trucks because they don't serve. So you go get your food truck, get your beer, sit outside when it's warm, once the weather's breaking, have a nice little uh, evening.
3: So you can bring some of those up to us at Hamburg Brewery, and we'll take back some Hoptimonium and, and some of the other great beers here at Hamburg, and, and we're in business.
2: It hey, sounds like a plan. When the weather definitely breaks up there, I'm coming for sure.
1: Just saying, the next couple of weeks, we got like 70 degrees here. So, you know, you oh, say the okay. word, Doug, and, and we'll, we'll throw a, a go long podcast party for you and get these Western New yeah. to come out.
2: No doubt. Let's, uh, you know, I'll talk to you guys because uh, next weekend I'm going to uh, West Palm, playing in a PGA, a couple guys, friends of mine. So, playing there for a couple days. But uh, Memorial Day. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I might be able to make a drive up to Buffalo.
1: I like it. I, I like it. I like, like
3: you going to West Palm though. A little golf, like your golf game must be. It must be improving. Uh, it is. It
2: is improving. The index is coming down. <laughs> okay. I "Ain't got nothing else to do."
3: <laughs> Are you making any money on golf? I'm making some money. Absolutely. The Played yesterday. Yep. Yeah, last yep. two
2: days. Uh, Tuesday. Paid for my golf, so with the money I made yesterday, paid for all my drinks and my, and my food. So, I'm I'm winning some money. It's all that you counts. Know,
3: have you studied Pimlico yet?
2: I haven't. I'm going to do that tonight.
3: All right. What I'm you not got? Gonna say anything else about it? No, okay. no. I'm with you. I'm, okay. <laughs> me. I'm only asking you because <laughs> of the Derby, and I'm not going to tell people what happened. But Doug knows his horses. He had a good Derby <laughs> weekend. You got to know which horses are roided so up. Apparently, had a good Derby weekend. Was, hey, oh no, you know, not Derby. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Masters. Masters,
2: but I did get the Derby. I
3: did get the Derby,
2: but I, had him with an, an exacta with the, with someone else that didn't come in. So
3: you're still but, smiling from the Masters. That was my. Favorite. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. So, you know, so we, what are we getting into tonight? Right? Hopmonium. We got some. Uh... Oh, you know what I did, Doug cool golf bet um, I did this week was um, Ryan Palmer. Like, you could do Ryan Palmer versus, like, Brooks uh, Koepka, Kepka, you know. And the odds mm-hmm. were, it was almost, like, dead even. Palmer was, like, plus 105 for the, you know, who, does he beat Kepka in the in the tourney? So I, I was like, you know what, here's why I read something funny. They said Kepka when he comes off um, some rest the week before a major, which is next week in Kiowa down in Charleston. Yep. Um, he basically plays like these tournaments. He's good with not even making the cut. Some of these guys just like to get out there, get some swings in. Yes. So I read Work on their game. Like, yeah, they hit like these guys that are big timers, like Kepka coming. And so I was like, you know what, And Palmer, you know, every tournament for Palmer is big. So I
2: he's like, grinding.
3: I so I took and I saw he, he's off to it. So he has a nice little lead on him. So nice.
0: Yeah. yeah, I
2: got some friends that have been doing those uh, those golf bets, and guy's never even played golf before, but has been studying. He's been racking it up. I think he's up 14 Gs just off golf bets <laughs> oh, to, to this season already.
3: God. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you guys are making this tempting, man. I, I, I don't think no. I can get into it. Don't, I can't. Don't do, no. it. don't do it. I can't do
3: it. Don't, not, Doug, right, don't ever gamble. Don't do it. Don't start. Don't start.
1: Only if you started a long time ago and can't break the habit. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'm going to stay strong. Yeah, Fellas, I don't know if you know this, but it's like, it's like day 782 of Rogers' watch. Um,
3: <laughs> What's worse, mock drafts or the Aaron Rodgers? Uh, uh, NFL,
2: schedule NFL, <laughs> NFL schedule release
1: breakdowns.
2: NFL schedule release breakdowns. Yeah, those are horse shit. I mean, it's Talk one about of those just things. Hot where, air. Yeah, you know the opponents, so it's that. Dramatic that you got to know when you're playing them and what time. I mean, uh, I I don't know. I I struggle with that. But I'd say NFL schedule release one, um, mock drafts two, and then Aaron Rodgers three. I'm waiting for Aaron Rodgers. So draft
1: grades are in there too. Oh,
2: draft grades got to be up there. Draft grades got, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mock draft, I mean, the mock draft and the draft coverage is just so long that it's just. and how many times can you go over the same, thing? Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, Kyle Pitts uh, I mean, it's, all right, well, what, what are we doing here? I feel, I've actually, when I was in it, and even now, I feel bad for the people that have to, every day, come up with stuff. Like McShay having eight mock drafts. I mean, come what, what, what are you 17.
1: doing?
2: Yeah, Everybody had Mac
1: Jones, number three, to San Francisco. Like, it just goes to show how made up all this is.
2: And none of them that said, had that said, you know what, I was completely wrong. Sorry about that. I was wrong. No one's bringing up how wrong they <laughs> were. Oh, I then know. it's, oh, how great a job they did was concealing who they really wanted. No, you guys were just flat-out
1: guessing and wrong and taking low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Doug, I wanted to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because, all right, so it comes out, like, moments after that pick that the 49ers took Trey Lance. I think it might have been Schefter had a tweet, like, this is how great the 49ers covered it up. Not like nobody outside of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch even knew they were taking this player and everybody, not everybody, a lot of people were praising that. My reaction is like, wow, that's a great way to build morale within the building. Like don't tell anybody what you're doing. Like as a GM and as an assistant, like I I would think that's not good for organization to like for everybody to be kept in the dark through the whole entire process. Uh, well
2: nowadays I think what you do is you keep them in the dark of what you're going to do that last moment but you give them a general idea but you got to be careful because there's so many loose lips these days and and a lot of its unintended consequences he may text someone may text their wife and their wife texts another person's wife that's they're known from the league they tells that hus- the husband And the husband tells somebody and then it just goes like that. So I think today with uh, the mass hysteria of media and accessibility and everything, you do have to brain it in a lot. So it's a different time and different things that you have to consider when you're talking about something, especially at number three. And you gave so much up for it. I personally liked it because it just threw everybody, everybody that was in the know, proved them wrong and threw them for a loop. And I'll hopefully shine light on these people are guessing, <laughs> but they make a lot of money and have a lot of mouth right? to guess.
1: They do, yeah. They make a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I hadn't thought of it like that. I just don't take ourselves in the media too seriously. Like, I mean, you could almost just throw some some fake shit out there too, and send send everybody running that direction. But
3: yeah, and I don't think you know you media. They don't. You shouldn't take yourself seriously. But I, you know, NFL personnel and coaches, they take themselves too seriously. Yeah. I mean, oh. and I, I honestly, I don't think the 49ers knew who they wanted.
1: You don't think they really knew think so. I don't. I,
3: I don't think, think they probably, I think they probably, to make that trade, here's why I'm saying. Are you telling me that, that the new head coach for the Jets, who just left San Fran, was he really telling them exactly that they were taking the BYU quarterback? You know what I mean. No. Now, now I doubt, I see. I so I agree, Doug. I don't think he would have told San Fran, "Hey guys, we're taking Wilson." So if you want to come up to three, I don't think so. And how do you make that move to three if you don't know who's going to? You know what I'm saying? So, because right. what if the Jets took Trey Lance? And that's, like, I, I guess what I'm no. saying is, I think they went. To, they must have been comfortable
2: with, with three. Three three people. And and, and that
3: that's what that's uh, how Philly I did. That's how Yeah,
2: I that's what Philly did when they, they moved up to get Wentz. They were like, All right, we like Wentz and golf. So if they take golf, we'll take Wentz. Same. If they take Same. Wentz, we'll take golf. So they had three quarterbacks that they liked yep. and they removed all doubt. I, I think it's a great that. move. And then it gives yep. you time to really dive in and study the all of them. Well, I mean, obviously Lawrence was going one, so actually you you had two that you,
3: you really in. just need. You just need to know mm-hmm. who the Jets were taking. Yeah, exactly. Or or comfortable with two guys. Two guys.
1: All right, guys. Let's talk to right. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, let's Doug. Do we need I to mean, hear from you. How do you handle this? It's just, uh, I mean, for those who don't know, Doug Whaley was up for this Green Bay Packers general manager job. Was that three years ago? I want to say, Doug. It's like yeah, 17. when. when Seventeen? Oh no. Seventeen or eighteen. One
2: of those. Whenever Brian got it, so must have been yeah, I can't remember. It might
3: have been
1: eighteen. I think it was eighteen. Yeah,
2: those eighteen. Yeah, those things were running. Yeah, it was eighteen.
1: So I mean you interviewed for this job. You you could be in this position right now, Doug, like with an MVP quarterback who has made it abundantly clear he does not want to play football for you even though they reportedly offered him more money than any quarterback in the league even though they've surrounded him with arguably the best roster in the NFL even though they've given him carte blanche at the line of scrimmage to do whatever the hell he wants which is what Aaron Rodgers wanted he's got the freedom to do what he wants so we've said it on this podcast several times like we we don't understand why Aaron Rodgers is this upset. Um, clearly, he wants personnel control clear i mean clear, he wants to be a co g m at this point, so if you're the g m doug like how do you handle this? well, first of all, I think
2: we we obviously don't know until he speaks what he's what has really gone on behind closed doors so you uh, you really hate to sit to guess, but what we i'm saying is he, <laughs>
1: he's anonymously sending messages so we can speculate.
2: <laughs> But what I'm saying, from if you're in that seat, first of all, Brian Guttekas has been in that organization for a long time. So he's been around Aaron. He should have known if he was going to make this pick to either give him the heads up, give his representatives a heads up, and talk to him to say, this is what we're going to do. This is our plan. We even did it. With Tyrod Taylor, when we weren't going to play him that last game, I sat him down face-to-face and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. We know what you can do. You've proven it. We need to find out what's behind you because we have to make some decisions. So you say, Aaron, you even do it before the draft day. This is what we're considering because, like you, when your job is done or if you get hurt, then my job's on the line to say I have to keep this team competitive. If you go out there first game and blow out your knee, and I don't have – if I have a subpar number two with no future, people are going to be like, that GM's a bum. He didn't have anybody behind him. We have this team and he didn't have a competent, competent backup. So I have to be prepared for not only when you leave, but tomorrow if you walk off the sidewalk and blow out your knee or your ankle. So that's how you, you propose it to him and his agent. So they didn't do it. So you're in a different, all right. The next step is offer him money. Didn't take that. So my next step is hopefully you like Jeopardy because what you're going to have to do is you're not going to play. We're going to hold your rights. You're going to have to give close to 23 million back of signing bonus. And then you're going to forfeit, I think 19 of P five paragraph five and six point something. So you're talking about close to $40 million you're giving up. You may have a lot in the bank, but swallow your pride. I think a lot of people <laughs> swallow their pride for 40 some million. dollars. And the last point I'll say is if you cave and bend, you set that precedent. And then guess what's going to happen? Next year, Devontae Adams is going to be like, hey, I don't want to play. Guess what? You drafted a receiver last year. I'm out. So you've got to be careful about the precedents you set. So, I, I, I mean – there's culpability on both sides, but they are where they are right now. And if, if I was in that position as the GM, I'd be like, he's on our roster. He's signed. That's it. If he wants to retire, great. I'll watch him on Jeopardy. I'll Tebow it. But other than that, he's got to come in and play. And then it, it then it accelerates the plan you had in the first place, and you have Jordan Love play. Now then the pressure gets on you because Jordan Love better be that player you expected him to be. But that's why you made the move, because at some point you needed to have a succession plan. It was just accelerated because of Aaron, not because of Father Todd.
1: But you know this is an all-time grudge holder. This is somebody who cuts people out of his life completely. We've seen it over and over again. I don't think he's bluffing, Doug. I I don't really think this is a game to Aaron to get more money, to get anything. So as a general manager, being practical with it, isn't there part of you that thinks, well, geez, all right, I'll take my two firsts, my two seconds, three starters. I'll, I'll just get whatever. Wouldn't you rather get a bounty of assets rather than just letting this guy sit and wait and retire? Or, or from a public relations standpoint, maybe that maybe that is better. I guess if he just does retire, I I don't know. But like, I feel like if I'm running a team, which I'm, I'm not for a reason. Like, I would want to get all this, all these assets I, for an MVP.
2: I would definitely listen. But he goes somewhere and wins two Super Bowls, and Jordan Love is a bum. Yeah. I would I would have to wait till probably someone really get gets hurt. I get an offer that you can't refuse. I'd probably wait till the close to the trade deadline. Someone doesn't give me something commiserated to where I think would be acceptable if he goes and wins two Super Bowls somewhere. I would, personally right now, I would sit on for a year and then next year trade him, just to prove that point. Because, again, you set that precedent. And Devontae Adams has already started to chirp. Depends on what happens to him, I'm going to have to start thinking. <laughs> yeah. And then every person that you have, well, you did it for Aaron. I can pull those strings. I'm going to get traded. I'm going to do that. And the next so that's where I I really have an issue that you got to be very careful because it's a slippery slope.
1: The culture of your team though. Like for this for both you guys. Like if you let this thing linger even into training camp, like forget the regular season. If you let this linger into training camp. I mean, I was there in the summer of 08 as an intern in Green Bay. I was I was writing for the Shawno Leader in the Packer Report. I was in college, like it was such a baptism by fire about a couple of pro football, but, like, it was nuts. I mean, everybody in the media was was there. I can still remember around Aaron Rodgers' locker. You couldn't even, like, get anywhere in the vicinity of him. I mean, he's getting booed by fans at practice. Brett Favre's flying in on the plane. It was was just insane, however you slice Mm -hmm. it. Multiply that by 100. If if, if they let this Aaron Rodgers thing, I don't know. If you want that hanging over the head of, of your of your organization, right? You, I, I, doesn't it pay to be decisive as a as a team too? And say like, you don't want to be here, Aaron. Guess what? We don't want you. We're not going to put up with this. See you, and move on. Go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, Andy Reid always said eliminate
3: all distractions. That was his biggest thing. Like, can't have distractions in training camp, during the season. I, I kind of am with Tyler on this where I think you, I think Green Bay needs to make a move. When, I mean, whatever the move is, but the team needs to know you don't want those guys, even Jordan Love, you don't want him going out there every day not knowing, oh, he might come back, and you guys are just going to pull me. Like, I Jordan, like, he's going to take ownership of that team. Like, you know how quarterbacks work. He, he's got to feel that – I'm the guy. If he's sitting there always thinking, oh, shit, anytime, any day, they're going to bring Rodgers back, that's hard. I think that there should be some type of decision made as far as this is how we're going this year and let's go. Well,
2: what I, that's a very great point. And if you're going to go that way, then I would put the ball in his court, Aaron Rodgers. If you don't come by this time in training camp, right. we're going to put you on – reserve retired for the whole year yep, and that's it. And then you get with your PR director, your director of communications, whatever they call them these days and say, we are not tell any media that comes in here. They can talk about it on get up and first take and all of that stuff, but there will be no questions about Aaron Rodgers to any of our players. You can, you can set those rules and those standards
3: in the media
2: when they come in. And if you get, if you ask a question, and guess what? You're going to be barred for whatever. You can set it up where you can eliminate those. But you get yeah, I agree with you. You got to make limit those distractions. The thing that really I struggle with is Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. <laughs> I struggle with a guy that one of the best that ever does it. That is so sensitive that they drafted someone behind. It. Most people would be like. Who's this dude? Oh, whatever. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to still go out there and ball because if you don't want me, I'm going to play so well. I'm going somewhere else and you're going to miss me and this guy's not going to touch me and I'm going to win Super Bowls. So I'm just going to rub in your face. That's where I struggle with Aaron. Where is that alpha male competitive? I'm going to beat you no matter what. And he had that chip on his shoulder. This should even make that chip bigger, which – I think it did last year. He played well. He played better than he did the year before. But to be so sensitive, I struggle with that. And do you really want that guy to lead your team? When he comes back, what are the teammates going to say? Oh, you're good with us now? But you didn't want to lead us because we they got a backup that if you go down could help us still gain and get what we want to do is be competitive. That that's another thing angle that you guys got to think about. How do if you're his teammate, what are you thinking? Yeah, everybody's going to say, yeah, get yours, whatever. This isn't a contract negotiation. This is you getting upset, having a high school fight between two girls. It's a cat fight. When you look at it, oh, you hurt my feelings. I struggle with that in Aaron Rodgers. Now, don't get me wrong. I can separate his skill level and his personality, but I struggle with that personality saying, when he comes back to that team, what do you – Monis, what would you do if Monis no, I made mean, we, we come back?
3: We, well, we talked about this kind of last week, and I said the GM's job is to sustain success for the owner. Correct? And I know correct. Green Bay's ownership's a little tricky, but regardless, that's the GM's job. Green Bay, if anybody has shown people the roadmap for that with what they did with Aaron. If and anybody
1: should understand if it's Aaron Anybody Rogers.
3: should understand. I, it's got to be like, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is 30. He's, he wasn't coming off his best year. He is older, and they had a quarterback that they value. How, like, to your point, Doug? How does that, like, how would he even care? Like, oh, you took this guy from Utah State. Um, I don't care. Where is that? I mean, and if I was and if I was Gutekist, I'd be like, Aaron, look, it's your job for the next five. I, and I would have told him before the pick. I agree yes, with that, Doug. Yes. I think communication in life is key.
1: As yes. we know, as we said. Yeah, but you know what, guys? Like, you can he, tell him, like, "Hey, man, we're taking this guy." Hey, well, he might sabotage the draft no, pick. He would. He might be so sensitive that. Uh, but he, I think we're sitting here talking about this, even if they tell him, aren't we? Even if they tell him that we're drafting a quarterback, least, yeah, we're but, sitting here talking about this all. Uh, with, Do you think I, I don't? I don't know if the communication no, really. That might be him. Where no matter what you did, yeah. he was going to feel disrespected. But to your point, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers basically has attacked the situation. With the ferocity that he attacked third and goal against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game, when he has an opportunity to, want to nobody it. wants to talk about this play, right? We want to talk right, about Matt Lafleur right. kicking that field. You could have ran in for a touchdown or at least got to the one yard so we'll line. At least sell out. And you throw across your body to Devonte Adams. It was a soft play and a huge moment, and that's how he's attacking this. He's a he. he that, you put it perfectly, Doug. What are you afraid of? And that's where he is sensitive to the point of wanting to prove a point. He he, as one player for the Packers told me, he wants to expose the Packers more this draft pick. He's that temperamental, that sensitive, that upset about this draft pick that he's going to that extreme right now. Anyways, that I'm going to force you to play this guy who isn't ready. It's like you said. I mean, I I wonder what t- some teammates think. I wonder what management thinks. I know what fans think. It's 80-20 throw team in this situation. Which is which is crazy. It, 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 they, well, see, they see this for what it is. A quarterback, it, an MVP it, it, who's acting afraid and doesn't want to compete. Yeah. Because now,
2: if it would have been any other team, but Green Bay are knowledgeable fans, and they are Green Bay Packer fans. They're not Aaron Rodgers fans. This, If he's in another city, it's probably flipped. You know what I mean? So the he's doing the fans are doing it right because they're like I said they're knowledgeable.
3: So, so Doug, I brought up. So what if Aaron Rodgers just you know he's getting older? He has options in life, obviously. Which, what if he did just say, hey, I'm, I think I'm I'm retiring next year? Um, did he give Brian Gutekis a two year notice? No. Is he nope. going to if Brian Gutekis loses his job, is he going to reach out to help him financially? No. So, how can you get mad at Brian Gutekis for making what I think if Jordan like you said it, if Jordan Love isn't the guy, then that's on them. But how could you get mad for having conviction and trying to sustain success? I I thought it was a great move by Green Bay.
2: Doing his job. He gets paid job. to do his job. And again, and And think about it. I just think about the locker room. That would be interesting. And I know you got a lot of connections there. What does the locker room feel from that third down play in the NFC championship to what he's pulling now? Me personally, I'd be like, that dude's all about himself. He's not about me and the team and winning. He's about how everything affects him. So I I, I would struggle with him as a leader and the face of our organization as a teammate.
1: Okay. that, no, I mean, I, I, I'd love to get some of those players in that honest moment, and it's a, a play in a moment that nobody's really talking about right now. It's, it's, it's. Whoa, is Aaron Rodgers the Packers aren't doing enough for him? There's a somebody in the local media. I was told this. I didn't hear it myself. L- literally said that Brian Gutekunst should publicly apologize to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, are you shitting me? That's where we're at right now with this. <laughs> I mean, what a joke, publicly. Yeah. Think- He's got a job to do. He wants Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback. He's under contract for three more years. They want him to be the quarterback. It's not like Brett Favre where they're telling Brett Favre, stay away, and we'll pay you to stay away. Mark Murphy was trying to pay him off, stay in retirement. And Favre wanted, this is Aaron Rodgers under contract for three more years with an incredibly talented roster, with the freedom he desired. And they want him to be the quarterback, and he doesn't want to be there. So it's... It's um, it's you know what? It's not unexpected. No. This is a pattern of behavior. And to your point, Doug earlier, and I was tempted to disagree with you on like you know, you know, it doesn't really matter what they say to him before the draft. And I think we're sitting here anyways. But if anybody should know how delicately and fragile Aaron Rodgers is mentally wired with this they kind of be. stuff, it's Brian Gutekunst. It's Malibu, it's the Packers. It's Mark. Yeah. Yes. they, they should have known all this, so that they're yeah. not blameless. I mean, no, no, I think no. about even what um, we
3: did when when EJ was going through his stuff. And remember, we brought his family in. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Coach Marone, and we sat in there and said, "Look, we're going to put you on the shelf just for we got to get you healthy. Things are a little shaky right now, and I just feel like that position. Not that EJ was fragile; it wasn't EJ. It was just about, hey, let's communicate with you. We're not yes. trying to get rid of you." We're just trying to say, look, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it.
2: So it shows to everybody involved, you may not agree with what we're doing, but at least you know the plan, and you're not guessing. When you sit there and have people, especially a quarterback, sitting there thinking, oh, no, what's going on, then they start going these rabbit holes, and then you add the sensitivity of Aaron Rodgers. It's just a dark hole that uh, he obviously can't get out of.
1: What happened with EJ there that you can get into? It It was Doug. Was that when um, was he coming was back that?
3: healthy, and we kept Orton as the starter?
1: Yeah, because Orton was help? playing well.
2: He came out. He came out with that knee. Remember, I think it was the Cleveland game. Yeah, and he, he and people forget he was actually, and he I'm not actually, saying he, he was actually right. playing well, and I'm not you
1: saying that was he his would rookie year though. That was before Orton. Then. No, this was the knee injury I believe that Cle- wasn't that his rookie season Cleveland. At the knee
2: No that we were going into Cleveland. Didn't he get hurt in Cleveland? At the yeah, Cleveland yeah. game?
3: Yeah, yeah. Definitely the Cleveland game. Is that when we brought Orton in? No. That was that was I think like I'm Jeff,
1: Jeff Toole and uh Oh, that
3: was so oh, yeah. but I feel like I feel like the EJ meeting was Thad Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Thad Lewis yeah, and if that
2: doesn't break a rib in New Orleans,
3: so, he actually and then how about well. if
2: Tool doesn't throw that interception at the goal line against Kansas City? You know what I mean, there's, there's always these one plays where like that doesn't happen. We've I mean, we're close to making a we playoffs
3: make, that year. If Bryce we Brown didn't fumble against Kansas City, City yeah. yeah. I mean, but so anyway. Wait, no, to go back on that, I, that's where I'm losing. I can't remember why we had can't, EJ, but you do
1: remember we had his family. Yeah, I do remember. Marone. I can't
2: remember what what happened. Like either, where but feel like during the timeline, I feel like it had yeah.
1: something. Yeah. But there was a conversation kind of had. We just let them know the plan. Yeah.
3: yeah,
2: if you let them know the plan, again, they can't. They can disagree. But at least they can't say I was they blindsided.
3: Felt, and they felt, yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: it's such a balance because I mean, one reason I think the Packers front office is so successful, from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson to, to Brian Glutkins is that they are a little callous, like that they do strip emotion from the equation. Like they they aren't afraid to draft. You know, let's start start from square one. Ron Wolf isn't afraid to trade the 19th overall pick for a quarterback who had four pass attempts, two interceptions when he has Don Michalski. And was a drunk. Right. He had all these Bill issues. And, Bill Popper. And Ted Thompson isn't afraid to draft Aaron Rodgers when he has Brett Favre off of a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown season. like, and Brian. And he's So they're not afraid to do these things. But it sounds like you guys are saying you do still need to have emotion enter the equation to an extent. You know, I guess especially when you're dealing with somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who's this sensitive. I would say this, Doug. You, I think with
3: EJ, I think we we're doing that. he so young, fragile. Mm-hmm. We, Let's just include him. I think where if if you're in Green Bay spot with Aaron at this point, I just feel like that's more out of, hey man, you've earned it. You're you're yes. one of the greatest ever play. This is yeah. the deal. We're taking this guy, but. We want you here for the next however long you can play, so you yes. tell us we just want him ready when you're ready to be done, and no doubt maybe but but it might it might not have mattered with Aaron I, that's what we that's what we're kind of finding out, but you know, I just feel like at that position Here's when you the you yeah. like
1: they wanted Justin Jefferson with that pick.
3: and not Jordan I
1: mean, I heard it, and shame well, how does that down? I couldn't confirm it. So, I, you know, I had heard that the Packers, when, when Gutekunst moved up in that draft, um, I mean, they wanted to draft Justin Jefferson at receiver, and the Vikings took him. So they took Jordan Love. Oh, so, I got you. Yeah, I mean, so now granted, that's, I, well, I, I that's that's been and Ian Rapaport reported it too. I mean, I I just but, couldn't confirm but, it, so I didn't I didn't shoot out into the atmosphere, but 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 the I, only I, thing that's that, a real thing.
2: The only thing I struggle with that, and you know this, Mona's, you say we're not going to make that tra- trade unless our guy's there.
3: Our guy's there. So, so I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't make that trade before,
2: and your guy's not there. You wait till you're on that clock. Our guy's there. Let's make the trade. So that's where I struggle with that story a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those tricky things. Like, like I I love talking to you guys because you're so honest and our our listeners know that, like, they know Jim and Doug, like, you're not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, we love Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, Sean didn't, didn't want him, and, like, you guys were so honest every step of the way with that, and that's why this podcast is such a joy, and, you know, as a reporter, like, we're trained to be skeptical of people like you, and, like, (laughs) and and not believe what the hell you're telling us, I find you guys very believable for everybody out there, but. That's a great yeah. point. Like, who knows? Like, who knows how something like that goes down. But if they even were thinking about a quarterback, maybe the days and weeks leading up to it, there's a different way to handle it. I, don't, I think we're still sitting well, here. I still think Aaron Rodgers is upset and the Packers are in this predicament.
2: But that, that's that fine line. So let's say you're Seattle and you got Russell Wilson. All of a sudden he's chirping in the media. I need to be more involved. Well, how much more involved do you get him? Does that cross that line? And now he starts saying, beating his chest, Well you guys comes in the draft room and like, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So that's that's that fine line because you have a scouting department and guys that have that's their livelihood, they would do what they do, and a guy that granted, he plays quarterback, comes in and says, I don't want this guy, I want that guy, that guy. I mean that that's really a really like I say, a slippery slope that it's a delicate balance.
3: I think the only thing that can make this story better Rogers doesn't show up, and Blake Bortles beats out Jordan Love. Oh, yes. We start week, because he knows the offense and Hackett. Right? Yeah, you guys had some <laughs> battles with
1: Bortles. Well, we didn't Monday. have that. Oh. I
3: told Tyler the story. We went to that Bortles Pro Day,
2: mm-hmm. and we were kind of
3: like just giving each other that side eye look, like, well, what is this? Like, it didn't yes. look like a top, it didn't look like a first round quarterback throwing the football At his around. Pro Day, it didn't. No, not at all. Remember that? We were like, oh, we yeah, I don't know about this. It didn't look too yeah. good. Like. Uh-uh.
2: Not whatsoever. But anyway,
3: I just, they, they just came out with that stat that Bortles has as many playoff wins as Rogers does in the last, like, I forget. Yeah, they'll both they... take you to the conference championship game. They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll get
2: sure. you there.
1: With Monroe. With Yeah.
2: <laughs> what about that stat about Rogers has as many first-round receivers as Brady had too, as well?
3: Oh, don't get Tyler. Tyler's. Oh, this is, don't get me going. on. Green the Bay has done plenty. Green Bay has yes. done plenty for Aaron Rodgers. Just like again, that's that, for them.
2: that's that low-hanging fruit that all media. Well, they didn't. They were thirteen and three the last two years. So, a receiver's going to be that much better. Nah. I, I, it's a lot I, easier I, for I struggle. People with that.
1: in the national media to kiss Aaron Rodgers' ass than it is to support Brian Gutekunst. It it behooves you if you're a talking head right now, and you're on ESPN or NFL Network or Fox, whatever. Your career is going to be in better shape if you're saying that Aaron Rodgers is absolutely right and the Packers are stupid. Like, because Aaron Rodgers listens and hears everything. Like, so I mean, that's where I I kind of feel bad for the Packers to an extent. They're not an organization that gives a shit about the narrative or messaging or any of that. They're not talking to anybody right now. Trust me, we're all they trying. Should. They're not. They're not trying, and they don't care. And Aaron Rodgers' people, I'm sure, are trying. I mean, you see the surrogates out there: John Coon, James Jones, Devontae Adams. <laughs> they're all out there. the surrogates? I love it. He's got the surrogates. He's got the, uh, I, you know, senior advisors in the media. You know that should be impartial, but aren't. You know, they're out doing his bidding. No, he's so, like he's like, placing. Oh, I mean, he's it's a chess talk, game. You talk, yeah. Yeah, I mean, John again, Kuhn is, isn't saying that without Aaron Rodgers' blessing. I mean, otherwise, you're you have not going to fill be room. around much longer.
0: Yep.
2: But, again, if this guy was a true competitor and an alpha dog, he'd have a con- press conference and say, to quell everything, this is the issue I have, instead of sending his surrogates out. It's just giving exact examples of what he's made of and what he's all about, and what you're dealing with. And that makes me more on the Green Bay Packers side.
1: Yeah. Like this guy, I mean,
2: he's sensitive to the core.
1: And this is, I mean, we could go all day, but and this is somebody who routinely rips the concept of anonymous sourcing. Trust me, mm-hmm. I know. He did it to our story two years ago. I mean, he, yeah, he, there's a value to people speaking freely without their name attached to it. Like there's a value to that. I, I, I look, I mean, there there are players who want to explain what happened in Green Bay and don't want to be called quote unquote irrelevant by Aaron Rodgers as Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings were. So there's a value. like, like that, that's why we did that story. I mean, I talked to forty, fifty people. And here's Aaron Rodgers <laughs> communicating solely as an anonymous it's the irony is just it's hilarious. It really is. Like it would be great if he talked. It would be I mean, he isn't. It'd be do, great.
2: Do, yeah, do, do as it. I say, not as I do. That's it. That's basically it.
1: Yeah. Although, you know, Jake Kumaro, I will say this. He was upset about Jake Kumaro getting yeah. away. He did have one catch for 22 yards with the Bills. That's what I was just going to say. You know, he oh, did. And, and Jordy Nelson had an excellent season with the Raiders. When they got
3: rid of him. Right. He did the right ridiculous. thing. It was just like, honestly, though, those comparisons are like, I hate yeah, this. Touchy subject with Fred Jackson, like we've talked about before. But yeah. like we we had to. I mean, we took that was hard. That was rough. But it was the. No, it was that, rough one. Shady McCoy and Carlos were better than Fred. Right. And Take us through that, guys. Job, well, Take us through that. Yeah, we. I'll let Doug talk about it more. I, right. Doug, I've talked about it a little bit where we knew it was just one of those. It was hard, right? It was hard.
2: It was. It was very hard because he epitomized what. The Buffalo Bills were at that time. He was an unbelievable person, great in the community,
3: great great teammate,
2: leader, and everything. That's great, but are we here? Our job
3: is to put the best players out.
2: Yes. We're here to win. And he was not better than the other guys on the roster. And the reason and what we did, and I thought was a thing that was respectful of what he brought to not only the the team, but the community, was we're going to give you – we're not going to cut you on cut-down day. We're going to cut you before so you get a chance to go and be able to latch on to a team, not with the mask cut and with the herd that's out there on that cut-down day. So I, I we thought – I personally thought we were doing them a favor. Now, it was obviously we got raked right through the coals, raked through the coals until <laughs> Carlos took that touchdown. everybody was like, Who?
3: Well, you know, this is what people, okay, so, yeah, the Fred thing was not great in the locker room. I I tell people, I remember walking around that day, we were, Doug and I were pretty much always together. I remember Kyle Williams, Aaron Williams, uh, we were getting some bad looks. Understood. You even went up to those guys. I remember you going up to them saying, guys, this is the hard part of the business. Yep. But I know who wasn't upset was Terry Pagula when he saw Shady and Carlos Williams destroying teams. And Anthony Lynn was, like, having a blast trying to design running plays with these two. So it goes both – like, that's what people don't – it is a hard thing, but we have jobs too.
2: Yeah, and and then you go into the media where, oh, I went rogue. And it's like, wait wait a minute. I'm just going to cut somebody without talking to – especially someone like Fred Jackson, not talking to the head coach or the owner and having them sign off on it. That was just, and, but that's where, and someone had said it a long time ago, don't get in a fight with someone that buys print, buys ink by the barrel. So it's, whatever I said was not going to be able to contradict the narrative that was out there. He had his, his people that had access to the media and be able to put that narrative out there that I went rogue, no one else was on board with it, blah 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 blah. I was on
3: board. Everybody was on board. Now, we could, have could, was on board. could
2: I? Man, yeah. Could I've done it in a better way? I don't know. It's still he. We were cutting them. I talked to him. I talked to his agent before. Got out to the press. Got out to everybody else. But again, how long did people really think about that? After Carlos took that thing to the house, like this, as as my dad always says, this too will pass.
1: <laughs> I can remember that training camp. I mean, I was covering you guys, yeah. and I remember you know getting there early, and at St. John Fisher College, Fred would come out onto the field, and and the the people that were there went nuts. I mean, the chants of Freddie, Freddy I mean, they were loud. It was raw to have the balls to do what you guys did. I mean, not a lot of G. Like that's what we're talking about: being callous and making a tough decision. Sorry. Sorry. It's hard. It's really hard. I and mean, he was beloved. Like he was, he was the most beloved player on the team. But and it wasn't even close.
3: The, the hard part is as a in, in, as a front office or a coach, he is exactly what you want. Yeah. He is everything you want: leader, professional, over the top, tough. I mean. You can't find guys like Fred Jackson. that's why he made it, but now I, I, talent.
2: Yes, and that, that's the whole thing, and I'll say it. And, and the, the thing I said to coach, to Terry, I said, this is going to be hard because, he, like you said, he's the epitome of what you want in a player. But we have to get Buffalo to stop celebrating mediocrity. He's a mediocre player. Nothing against him personally, but business-wise, he's a mediocre player running back that can't get us to where we want to go. You know who can? Shady and Carlos Williams. They are talented players. Now, they're not the same people off the field as Fred Jackson, but we're talking about winning, and those guys will have a better chance of taking us to where we need to go, and we want to show – the public and the fans of Buffalo that, you know, what you love Fred and he, you should love him for a lot of reasons, but for his play on the field, you need to be exposed to people that are a lot more talented. So we did them a favor in our opinion to show them.
1: Got like 10 minutes.
3: No.
1: Carlos Williams. I mean, could have been an all-perennial all-pro. So here's mean, we, the talent that he had. Oh, don't was, get us uh, started. Right.
2: That I mean, was just uh, – yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing is, they always say, though, there's there's more Carlos Williams walking around the street than there are Shady McCoys because there's a bunch of talented people that just don't care, and it's always someone else's fault, and they always got an excuse. Remember, he gained weight because his girlfriend was pregnant. Like, you're getting paid, so. I will say i put on a good
1: 10 pounds since Gene has been pregnant. You so. weren't an NFL running back.
2: You weren't? Yeah. you, if so you were to, getting to paid, understand, stay in
1: shape, you yeah. still stay. But if you were getting It was a different if, site that OTA, when Carlos showed up. <laughs> you were like, hold on. You know, to <laughs> his credit, like, he was pretty honest with us. He was like. Well, I he couldn't hide it. His, you can't yeah, hide yeah. it. I ate but, but all offseason.
2: But, but it just shows you. You're having a kid. You need to support the kid. Your job is a football player, stay in shape so you can give that kid a chance in life and support the kid. No, I'm just going to sit and eat bonbons with my my pregnant girlfriend. All right. All
1: right. Can I propose an idea? Yes. So for those who don't know, Carlos had a few choice words. Oh, yeah. about About our man Doug here. I believe All right. if you're listening and you're under the age of 18, earmuffs. I believe he told you to eat a dick. To my to my friend Matt Fairburn, correct for those words.
2: I didn't hear that. I heard he said I could drink uh, rubbing alcohol paint, or something paint, or, paint paint thinner, thinner, or paint thinner, paint thinner. I think it like was that. both. I think it might have been. Oh, both. okay.
1: We got we got to get Matt on. Yeah. He he interviewed. Yeah, in like, yeah, he's got.
2: Yeah, he's got to tell me. So, which is which is weird because he only was there as long as he was because I was fighting for him. He was the only. Per- he was the hardest cut Anthony I had. Lynn, and I fuck.
3: Anthony Lynn God. basically was like. He's not going to do it. And we're like, can we just try?
2: Just try. Just try. I remember we were in St. John Fisher in one of those rooms, and we had the offensive staff, Terry Pugula, Rex, all of us in there. And they were like, it's time to cut bait. And I was just like, I was like, I know what it is, but I, it's you know it's time to break up with that girlfriend, but you just you just want to hang on. Cause <laughs> you know she's the hottest girl you've had to date. was just like, oh, come on. But she's hot. Come on! I'm gonna get one that hot again. So I was hanging on, but I had to let it go. So for him to say that, that that was hey, whatever. That's how he. Feels. Here's what I'm gonna that say. Is. I want to
1: play peacemaker here. Okay. I want to bring. Let's let's play peace. I have a pretty good relationship with Carlos Williams. I we, we talked a lot that season, and we kept in touch here and there via Twitter. I don't know what that good story means. Story on
3: Vince. You did a good story right? on Vince. Right.
1: Oh yeah, his brother. I know Vince. Yeah. Well, he yep. came on the Happy Hour. Great dude. Let's get. Car- I think he, Carlos tweeted that he's going to come back to Buffalo. Maybe we bring him to Hamburg. Let's do it. And and Doug, I mean, we can do it on Zoom. Hell, Jack. if you want to drive up to see Carlos, let's just I'll all sit around, I'll, I'll drink be some I'll beers. I'll, but, I'll be the I'll we'll, we'll figure to, this out.
2: Why is he so upset with me? I mean, I'm not the know. one that ate myself and drank myself and smoked myself no. out of the league. It'd be and different if he went somewhere else and had a bang up career. I I, I don't know.
3: So I was just going to say, how was, like, I know we, you know, we take our hits. How was Fred Jackson's career after we cut him? How exactly. was Carlos Williams after he did what he, like, did yeah. we, those were, we made right move. Like, wasn't, we didn't yeah. want it I mean, there were some good moves being made. It's just, well, it goes back to the whole sensitive thing with Aaron, right? Guys are sensitive. Yeah. yeah.
2: Guys are, yeah. Hey, so Doug,
3: <laughs> real quick. I want to, I know we don't have, we got to get you off here in a couple minutes. Yeah. And we switch to Game One of the NFL Bills Steelers next year in Buffalo? Um, the early spread came out Bills minus six and a half right off the bat. Taking so the Bills, I'm, I I already did. This is oh, I'm so glad you just said that. I I went right away and put it in. I I'm not buying. I'm not buying this running back from Alabama is going to save the Steelers' life.
2: More, think about this, though, for me. Not
3: that he can't play, because he's good.
2: Yeah, yeah. But for me, is their secondary. Think, think about Gilder it. Joe Hayden. Them
3: up. Agreed.
2: Joe Hayden's on his way down. Lane, their number three quarter corner, is going to probably be suspended. And then they got Sutton, that's been a number two of nickel, that's just never, a guy, been, never, never a been a number two. And then guess what? If one of them gets hurt, or they go four wide. Where are you going? What are you doing? So then you have about, the fact.
3: Don't that, forget about that statue they got playing quarterback. Yes. that McDermott. That. that will that will not scare McDermott.
2: No, not so whatsoever. So the the only thing they can do is, like you said, try to run the ball and use and and keep that ball away. But I'm not ha- I'm not scared of that uh, offensive line either. Not whatsoever. And then. Nope. The depth. They have any – and this is long-term about Buffalo – I mean, about Pittsburgh. Their depth is so thin. They have any injuries in the secondary, outside linebacker, or offensive line, they're done. They are done.
1: Wow. I, I feel like that. we could talk for about two more hours. Yeah, I mean, this is, just... this is incredible. I mean, Doug, you're the man. Hey, let me say
2: – hey, if you guys – Give me like five minutes. The only reason my wife went out for dinner, I just gotta make sure my kids in bed. I can come back and talk a little more.
1: <laughs> hey, it. You know what though? We we can keep the people. We can keep the people begging for more next episode. Yeah, too. yeah, We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll do it for next time. To support Doug. You got yeah. a Family. That was amazing. Um, let, let's keep it going and let us know everybody what you think. Rate us, review us, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get the podcast. Um, any final thoughts, Doug? Any NBA thoughts?
2: Ooh. Uh, Knicks, Knicks. will not. He's a win Knicks a fan. Playoff. Yeah, he's a Knicks fan. I'm happy what they're doing. Won't win a playoff series, but very happy. I I am very interested to see who's going to come out of the East. Very interested. I, I don't know. I'll say this much. I don't. I, I don't think it's Milwaukee. I don't think it's Milwaukee. I'll tell you. Really.
3: This. I'll put it to you this way. If it's not Philly. If they don't win the East, they're gonna choke. Then they need to blow that up. Blow it up, yep. In mm-hmm. my opinion, because there's no reason Philly shouldn't win the East with the, Embiid is Embiid's ridiculous. Like he's gone, yeah. But I don't know if he's got that that he, grit. Like I want to win a title attitude. That
2: junkyard dog.
3: Well, that was one of my things. It. No, no, not at all.
2: So who's your who's your bet out of the West?
1: And, I mean, oh. <laughs> the Lakers are kind of falling apart here. I'm just going to say this. If,
3: if they're healthy, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going against those two. I'm LeBron so and AD, LeBron. though, so are it. you? God,
2: Lakers and Nets in the finals? Love it. Uh, please, please. Uh, that's what Adam Silver's hoping
3: for. <laughs>
2: maybe, a little, maybe, maybe Brooklyn little Nets. Hornets
3: nuggets. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> Next <laughs> year. You know what the Brooklyn Nets are like to me? You know how like there'd be those summer leagues growing up, and you would get five guys. Mm -hmm. Like you never really played together, but man, well, if we just are, we can win it. They haven't even played together. But how that seven games I think. Yeah, how are they? How they gonna lose? I'm betting on. I'm trying to go with people that have been together and done it. That Brooklyn team though, man. If those three are right,
0: (sighs) hey.
2: Talent, talent, talent wins talent, all the time, and especially in a sport like that. When sometimes one talented player can propel a team, you get three of them, that's tough. Look at three sport.
1: unguardable guys. Three yes. unguardable. And to bring it full circle, like, I think in Aaron Rodgers' mind, he's thinking he can do that. He, can, he like, can, He's yeah. looking at Tom Brady in Tampa Bay and thinking, if I go somewhere, I can recruit guys. I, but it's a different game. It's a different league. It, he, I mean, Tampa now, Bay had an amazing defense. No know what I would tell Aaron Rodgers
3: if I was Gutekus?
1: Hey, uh, Aaron,
3: um, Mr. Goat threw three picks in the second half, and we still lost.
2: Right. Exactly. Who the
3: hell throws three picks in a half yeah. and, lo- like, wins that, a game? That's on. Yeah,
2: and that's on you.
3: Come on. But, you didn't capitalize uh, on the turnovers.
2: Tyler, if he ends up doing this, I will come on this – program and say, I tip my hat, that was the most gangster OG move I've seen a pro athlete do in a, almost ever. If he forces him way out of Green Bay, gets Devontae Adams somewhere with wherever he goes and goes to a team like this the Super Super Bowl. and then wins a the Super Bowl, I'll be like, you know what? Joke's on me. I was wrong because that would be gangster.
1: To me, and if he's like that everybody- smart, that's him. You know what though? It's like I, I feel like every. That's the only scenario here. Like I, I don't know. Like I feel like Green Bay can't let this to- toxi- toxicity linger into the season. Like they they can't let this problem. Aaron right. Rodgers is being the problem. They can't let it linger and linger and linger. Like at some point, if you're an organization, if you're a business, you say, "Damn it, enough is enough." Like see ya Mm -hmm. there's the door we'll take our picks and our players i don't care how good you are we can't let this virus spread through the organization
2: yeah but i mean and this was his grand scheme plan hey i'm tired of green bay and like i said devontae may already put it in his ear devontae's like i gotta really reassess what's going on depending on his decision and then he gets someone else, and they start doing NBA-type stuff. And in my opinion, I would hate it as a GM. But if you really think about it, that's how it should be. Te- people go see players. They don't see teams now, especially now. It's not jerseys. It's the name on the back of the jersey. They follow players. And if players know they have control, because without an Aaron Rodgers, without a Tom Brady, what is the NFL? It's a CFL. So now they're getting, as they say, that word which I hate to say, woke, and that they have power and can control stuff. Has all up to them. Good for them. Go you to know? the and if he pulls that off.
1: See how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like go? Yeah. Try.
2: <laughs> but no, there's. There'll be an NFL team that says, "Heck yeah, come on, we'll give we'll give him five first rounders because because yeah, he'll play for five, it. six more years." Who cares? Yeah. So, all
3: right,
2: fellas.
1: Dark, my dark
3: horse. It. My dark horse team is
1: Vegas. Oh my God, John Gruden with Aaron Rodgers. Car, car,
3: car. Rodgers, some first rounders, and
1: oh, to get them. Months. I thought you, yeah, yeah.
3: But see, for me,
2: if I'm if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if I'd want to go to
3: Vegas. That old school, not because of no. Vegas, because of Gruden.
2: I talked exactly. about it on there. The
3: guy's a, yes. a joke.
2: The game's passed him by. Look at his record ever since he won the Super Bowl. It's awful. Go
3: do your Hooters commercials and go, <laughs> go crazy on Monday Night Football.
2: And that right there shows you the power of media over the game right now. He's a media personality that won a Super Bowl but has done nothing ever since then, became a media personality, and comes back as the highest paid coach in the NFL.
3: And, and then brings on Mike Mayock,
2: yes, who and look a media at, respect, personality, but a
3: media personality who never ran right. a draft. He never
1: set a board. Like and look
2: at look at their look at their drafts and their signings.
1: They're atrocious. Well, uh, we've talked about. Terrible. it. Trust me, we've talked about terrible. It. I mean, and, and I'm going to have a story this week for those who want to check it out, and uh, it's about a player that they gave up on. So it's as much about that player as it is about John Gruden and Mike Mayock being pretty terrible at their jobs and it opened my eyes up i mean i had seen it over and over again i'm on the outside i can't imagine being on the inside where i mean they're just pissing in the wind there are a couple of media guys just shooting from the head. they don't know what they're doing they don't they really don't i mean it's it's a joke but, but i guess they have a 10-year contract and hey mike mack was on nfl network and he he, was, he sounded decisive with every time with his mock draft so give him a job as general manager
2: yeah well, that's what I mean that ultimately goes back to the owner. I mean, if you look at the owner's haircut, you understand what's going on.
1: Just bick it, baby. just just shave that you top. do it just you do it yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just go. Go for it. Just take it off. <laughs> We're not afraid.
1: We're not afraid. <laughs> uh, we, better, we better cut ourselves off. At this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doug, that was awesome. Damn, man, man. Man. <laughs> Thanks so much for take everything. Take care, <laughs> fellas.
2: And then I'll talk to you about Memorial Day. I'll let you know.
1: Just let us know, Sears. man. We'll do it.
2: See ya. Absolutely. See you.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. That was the Go Along Podcast. Uh Rate us, review us, let us know how we're doing. We appreciate you spreading the good word. We'll catch you.